You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Sorry. <laughs> we're good. Sorry. We're good. Yeah, we're fine. We're fine. My the poster I have behind me scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> Appropriate as this is our Conjuring Two episode or Conjuring franchise part two, Conjuring Three. The devil made me do it. I was going to cut this out, but I guess we can keep it in. But no, <laughs> no okay. I just so my you screen. To, my screen. You have to keep it. My screen went black for a second which it always does because i kind of have two programs running so to press play on our program the screen goes black and for some reason even though this poster has been in my life for about 15 years it scared the the bejeebas out of me like i was not expecting to see a face behind me and so i just got startled as we started the show my clearly did you just watch the conjuring three last night like no no i did i did rewatch the conjuring two last night um the conjuring three i watched about a week ago but i did i did i wanted to watch some some of the other ones so i watched the conjuring two last night as kind of like a little refresher. Um, but I, did, I didn't think I was in a scare. I guess, we're, okay, so we're going to keep that in the show. So that's fine. I was going to cut this out. Mid. but No, I say no? keep it. Okay, Plus the fans, love, the fans love it. <laughs> I was going to set the mood because um, we're recording on Monday in Kingston and they've been calling for thunderstorms all day. And it just looks gloomy. Like it looks like a conjuring afternoon. It does. It, does. it, looks, it looks a lot like the, the kind of, I would say, I, not just because I watched it. I think it looks a lot like The Conjuring 2. That's what it looks when like. When they're out. in England, right? Yes, when they're in England. Because it's kind of always kind of rainy and that kind of gray tone is in the movie. Whereas like the third one I would describe as a lot like more darker. Like you're you're seeing kind of like, it's, it's very earth tones and some reds and like blacks and browns. Whereas I think The Conjuring 2 is very, two is very gray. Um, but don't you think that every time they call for thunderstorms, we just don't get it? Yeah, I mean that's that's summertime weather, right? They yeah. when the temperatures temperatures go up and down, there's always a risk of a thunderstorm. Although yeah. today they have a you know like a weather alert, like a, severe alert, thunderstorm yeah. warning. Yeah, but I don't think we're gonna get it. I don't know. I, I, don't I, I think know. it's been too long. It was sunny like two hours ago. I, it's fine. I don't think it we're is wind. Much. It's windy. Is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's windy in the West End. Um, okay. There was thunder this morning, like around six o'clock. Oh, I didn't hear it. But at all. no, no lightning. Hmm. Okay. Anyways, so maybe anyways. You know, it, it might be rolling in. It might be rolling in. That's our weather update from yep. yesterday, yep. <laughs> not the day you're listening. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> the next day is like, "What are you talking about? It's perfectly sunny." Beautiful. Uh, we recorded this the day before, so that's that's why that was the, that's your Monday night weather in Kingston, Ontario. Um, yeah, we're, as you said, Taylor, we're talking about The Conjuring. We're, we're doing part two of our Conjuring episode where we get to finally review The Devil Made Me Do It. We're going to talk about Conjuring 1 and 2 as well, just because the last time we, we did this two weeks ago, we really heavily focused on the non-Conjuring films. That just happened organically. We just we had a we lot ran to say about of, Annabelle. We ran out of time. We did, yeah. 
and we knew that we knew this would be a two-parter because we knew we'd run out of time because we both have a lot to say about this. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna begin um, with one fan question, and the reason why we're only beginning with one fan question is the other fan questions are too specific. So we're gonna save them till after we talk about the devil maybe do it in the Conjuring movies because I think that that'll just make more sense. Mm-hmm. To, to be talking about the content and then refer to it. So we got we have one general fan question that we can start off with. So this one comes from, I, I apologize if I completely uh, murder this name here, but it, it Baithy, I think. How is it spelled? Uh, well, B-A-T-H-E-Y. Baithy? That's, that was my guess. Well, our apologies, but again, we typically pronounce names wrong on yes, the show. Yes, it's, so. <laughs> it's very in the show. But please at me. Let me know if I'm getting your name wrong. Um, but uh, Bathy asks, high screening in Kingston, if you could see one actor slash actress join the next Conjuring movie, maybe as a one-off, quote, victim character, who would it be? I would personally love to see someone like Michael B. Jordan or another up-and-coming young actor get thrown into the universe. So one one actor or actress that we think would would fit and would be good as like a one off character. I'm so not hip, so I don't know who like the young actors are. Um, aside from like the Stranger Things kids. <laughs> well, do any of the Stranger Things kids fit into this? For you? Yeah, well, because they like they now we're like in it right like there's overlap between stranger things and it so i don't know take one of those kids one of the stranger things or it's kids plop them in the conjuring it would be great why not Um, well i yeah i mean i kind of agree with that like i think millie bobby brown's a really good actor who would be good as kind of like again often you get kind of the the young female you know who, who gets inhabited by by the the possessed in whatever way so it could you know that could make that little the little redhead from it that you saw in um uncle frank yes sophia something she she could be in it (laughs) yes she could be be, both of them would be great they're both Both up and coming they'd be great 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 possession candidates Mm -hmm. um the (laughs) one you know other it people like uh what's his name finn Something Finn Wolfhard, I think is his name. He was in. I it think he's and kind Stranger of annoying. Things. I think he's kind of annoying. I like. Well, then he'd kid. be great in it. <laughs> he'd be great as a kid possessed. I like the kid who has asthma in the It movies. He's like the hypochondriac. Oh yes, yes, he's great. That that kid also. That we're just like describing the children in these movies again. Um, Sadie, pretty, pretty yeah. typical of us. <laughs> typical of us. Uh, I I know this name because it's an awesome name. Sadie Sink. She's the redheaded kid. In Stranger Things, okay. Sadie Sink, she yes. would be great in these movies. Um, they, again, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know most of their names, so um, yeah, that any of them would be great. They'd all be really good, I think. Yeah, because um, there's something about um, you know kids getting possessed that's scarier than adults getting oh, possessed. Absolutely. Oh, there's no and doubt. I'm gonna get into this in my review, but I think they really did not go. They underutilized the the kid possession in Conjuring 100%. 3. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. They really underutilized that. And to me, now I don't mind this all the time, and I'll get into this more as well, and I didn't even mind it too much in this movie. To me, when you switch possession in these types of movies from a kid to an adult or like a young adult, 
um, to me, the movie becomes instantly more of like a thriller or a, or like a mystery or like yeah. a solve this and go do these things as opposed to it's it's scary, which isn't always necessarily bad. But if you want it to be a horror movie, you want it to be scary. I think keeping keeping it with the kids is for whatever reason always good because kids I think are are creepy to begin with. So you you have them possessed, then they're just doubly creepy. Yeah, I don't know, ghost kids, possessed kids. Yeah, there's something. <laughs> So that, about I, so I, I like your answer to this question, Taylor, because I, I was thinking about like maybe some older actors because Michael B. Jordan would be like in his like mid to late 20s. So I was thinking like Lily James or someone like that to play like a young a parent. Yeah. But but now you I think of it like you're right. I think take one of the kids from it or or Stranger Things and have them be in like I think that'd be great because they're all they're all pretty good. Like you kind of get good acting chops as well as the fact that they're younger. Yeah, they can do scared without it being mm-hmm. corny. Yeah, so I like it. Uh, th- there's our answer. Um, so that that's the only fan question we're going to do with to begin with, um, and then we'll we'll come back to the others who wrote in because we've got three or four others here. So we will come back to you as we talk about the devil made me do it specifically. Um, but before we get to that, let's just quick chat, Taylor. Conjuring one and two. Uh, we've talked about the films before, but let's just revisit it how we feel about those movies um, any or anything you kind of want to say, but the first two Conjuring films. So unfortunately I didn't get a chance to rewatch the second one. So you'll have to, um, you'll have to kind of pick up the slack on that one. But I mm-hmm. did recently rewatch the first one as part of our Conjuring universe episode. Um, and I have to say the first one holds up. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think there's a reason why it launched a franchise (laughs) and uh, um, it's spooky. It's atmospheric. It's kind of your typical haunted house movie, but with the the possession, um, you get introduced to these really likable characters, Ed and Mm -hmm. Lorraine, like say what you want about them in in real life, but in the movies, they're so likable. Um, Yeah. Because there's, you know, controversy about whether or not yeah. they were ghost hunters or just charlatans. But anyways. Um, but you're right. Like, the movie does a really good job of you kind of not worrying about that so no, much. Yeah, you're, just, mean, like, <laughs> you're so invested from the get-go. You're like, these are just yeah. nice people. Who they're just are... nice people who are interesting, too. Like, they're not yeah. just nice and boring. They're interesting. They're nice. They really, like you've mentioned it a million times, they work amazing together. They yeah, just the happen to cast two yeah. people who have amazing yeah. chemistry. Um, so yeah, you're right. They, I don't even think about the real life stuff when I'm yeah. watching these movies because that's how like, likable they are. Oh, they're so nice. And yeah. um, I forget what I was reading, but it was essentially, I think it was just like a silly comment being like, who would have thought the healthiest relationship would be the husband and wife in the conjuring franchise yeah. but it's <laughs> yeah. true like it's so true <laughs> they're just so wholesome and they like yeah. really love each other and really support each other and just like really believe in their ghost hunting so. and i think like one of the criticisms of uh not to not to dive too much into to my love of star trek but one of the criticisms of of like star trek the next generation which is my favorite one is that they created so many likable characters that there were never any huge internal conflicts and <laughs> you had to focus elsewhere but to me that means you have to just be a better writer and that's what i thought about the conjuring movie we don't 
need to see Ed and Lorraine go through problems because we're just, we accept it. We accept that, that they're comfortable. There's no issues here. We don't have to write, you don't have to write a bunch of issues. You know how horror movies often try to throw a bunch of other things in there? Like, yeah, I think the marriage is on the rocks. Yeah. Like the first Annabelle movie, I think, made a mistake. By, by really, like, making this young husband and wife kind of have some issues. Like, they, they, they weren't, like, at each other's throats or anything, but they, they had, like, these kind of broken sense. They didn't know how to put their kind of marriage together. They had a, a loss that happened. They were trying to, like, put it. And there was too much focus on that, and it kind of deviates away from everything else. With Ed and Lorraine, it's just like, yeah. You know, there, the, there's no conflict. We believe it. The ghosts, <laughs> like, the ghosts are the conflict. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can focus elsewhere because you don't need to to make up drama over here. You know what I mean? Like you can focus on everything else. So yeah, I would just say the first one, great movie. It stands up. Definitely a watch it for me. Um, You'd like to stream it. Well, yeah, like, you know, you can't, you can't. <laughs> What's a watch it? Like, that's a new one for me. <laughs> we haven't said, we haven't said, um, see it in so long. I forgot. Yeah, I guess that you forgot what it was and you decided yeah. it's called watch it. It's a watch it. It's a it's watch, watch it, it for me. Um, no, it's a see it. Obviously, you know, we can't travel back in time and see it in theaters again. But, um, for me, it's like a, a see it designation. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but if if a theater was playing it as like a special, like okay, we're gonna play the Conjuring movies or whatever, you would go fun. to the theater to see. Yeah, it. yeah. That like how yeah. what a fun double feature Halloween. Like if it was the Conjuring and then like another haunted house movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like yeah. hands down, definitely. Um, I feel like you know there's. There's a the right amount of drama, the right amount of humor. There's like hu- I think in the main conjuring movies, there's always kind of this little bit of humor. So like in the first one, it's like their videographer and then that like random police officer that like comes oh, to help. That. Yeah. I like, love that. <laughs> I, I love the like the him being there. Like I thought that was so cool. Like he's he's not really like believing anything but then he quickly realizes that he's over his head and oh, i thought that well. was good yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. yeah i mean what did what do you did you rewatch the first one in anticipation of this um not not like in the past couple of weeks but it's only been like a month or two since i've right. seen the first one like i think i've rewatched it randomly somewhere so it is still fresh enough uh in my mind like i agree with everything you said like i i personally think that james wan does such a brilliant job with with these movies and and just in the direction and where they where he chooses to put the camera and chooses to kind of in the first one you can see everything yes yeah (laughs) which i think is key for movies i think i think when you when you darken everything too much and you can't see anything you're just trying to like you're trying to hide something that's what i always think like you're trying to hide something that that you're like oh we'll just make it really really dark and that'll be scary and and it's like a you're you're taking the easy way out like you're not james wan makes atmospheric movies where the jump scares make a lot of sense so yeah i I really like the conjuring i agree with everything you said i think it's a great introduction um to the characters i think the family is also very good and interesting like that's another thing about these the conjuring movies is i think when when the families get introduced in the first two you really get to know them a little bit and you you start to actually feel for them um so yeah i i i like it i thought it was really good um you've said everything i think that i would want to say well i do want to say one thing that um 
you didn't bring up is that we get uh, we get a little taste of Annabelle in, yes. in the movie, which I really loved that. Because I think Annabelle was one of the things that was most famous with The Conjuring. So I, I loved how they teased it and gave you a taste of it at the beginning. And then, you know, that obviously spins off and becomes something. Yeah, I think he knew what he had on his hands, right? Yeah. Like in terms oh, yeah. of <laughs> James Wan, he knew he knew that it was going to be a franchise just with the Annabelle stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see a movie, and I think I I even remember seeing it in theaters and being like, "Oh, I'd love to see a, a movie just about Annabelle." Um, and then we got the first Annabelle movie, and it's not very good. But no, <laughs> no. I would love to see. But it, but they got better. Annabelle got better. Yeah, like don't you wish you got to see a movie with like the nurses? Because like the story is that they're like in nursing school and that's how they get yeah. the doll and i'd watch a movie yeah. just about them and the the boyfriend in the house so i wonder what that what what went into that decision because that at the be- if i remember correctly at the beginning of annabelle you kind of get like almost a montage or recap of of that or or, or maybe it's at the, i can't remember which movie that's at the beginning of it's but the first just... movie they're interviewing okay. that's how we get introduced to okay. a, uh lorraine and ed they're okay, interviewing yeah. these nurses about the doll. I just don't understand why they wouldn't have have wanted the first Annabelle movie to be about these nurses um, discovering the doll. Like I don't I don't know why they chose to go these other routes. Like I think what they did with Annabelle afterwards was good. Like the origin was good. Um, come and, home, yeah, and come home was great. Like I thought those were like really really good things. But I don't understand why. Yeah, I agree with you. I would have loved that movie. Which we never really got. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what they were thinking. So what? Yeah. Uh, the second one takes place in England, and mm-hmm. aside from it taking place in England, and there being like the ghost is like a man. I... Yeah. So well, there's two, there's sort of two spirits in in this one, um, and uh, yeah, the kind of old man who's who's kind of in the house is one of the two but he's it's sort of the discovery that he's not actually um the bad one the bad one well he's not great but he's not <laughs> but he's, he's, not, not, the, he's, he's not, not the demon <laughs> no and so this movie that what i like about the conjuring 2 is the conjuring 2 introduced us to two things that are kind of important one being the nun yep um gets introduced as this this sort of spirit that's sticking around Lorraine and we don't know why and we don't know the connection and like that was extremely well done you also get a little bit of taste of Amityville horror uh in that this sort of Amityville thing because they can they make a direct comparison like the in the in the movie um media and stuff are making a direct comparison to what's going on with this family in London and the Amityville horror so you kind of get a taste of that and something that we brought up at the last episode the Slender Man is it has a two-second thing in in this in this movie so that's um that's one of the movies that's coming up or maybe it's not mm-hmm. called the slender man the crooked man or whatever um he he's kind of like this weird like story that gets told and, and the one girl gets kind of taken over in this moment and, and apparently we're going to revisit that which is kind of interesting um but the movie is very similar to the conjuring the first movie um but it does what a good sequel, I think, does. It takes a concept, does it again, but then expands upon things. We don't have to spend time getting to know Ed and Lorraine. We already know them. We already established them. We put them into a new situation. Um, and I, I think it's really, really well done. For like a sequel 
of a horror movie. Right. Where you think like this could go really bad. It's <laughs> a solid it's solid. a solid installment. Yeah, and I think what I liked about the Conjuring 2 is that I can't remember in the first one if Ed and how much Ed and Lorraine like admit that this could not be a, a demonic possession, but in the Conjuring Two, they freely admit at the beginning, like this could be psychological. Right. Like, this could actually have nothing to do with anything. So what they do is they go and investigate, um, but also they do a bunch of more you know family connection things like i think that there's a line in there where i think it's lorraine says like part of the issue is is they need to learn how to be a family again right um and they spend time with this family and like try to talk to the kids and try to talk to the single mother and they they, like they're trying to figure out hey are there other things going on here and i thought that was kind of cool where they're like, we're here to also be kind of social workers almost and just see what happens. Because if it's not demonic, we're going to bring other people in. Um, and that's, again, another like likable thing about them, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that I think like the first one, Lorraine's like, I'll make breakfast so that you yeah. guys don't have to make breakfast yes. or whatever. So, well, in this one, you get, you get um, Ed playing the guitar and <laughs> doing a family sing-along <laughs> in, in this one. And it's like, in almost, you can see it go so poorly in the wrong yeah, hands. It doesn't feel corny. They don't Not feel... at all. <laughs> they make it work somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just a credit to the actors that play Lorraine and Ed. I think they're yeah. just like good, like it's good performances, right? And the direction too. Like James Wan directed this one as well. Um, and I think he does a very, very good job. Like there are still, there's a couple like cinematic camera moments that I still remember from this film. Like there's a moment where the camera is following the kids as they're like, you know, unpacking or setting up things in their room and the camera like flips through the wall and then spins around and follows the kids around. And like, it's just like one shot as you kind of get to know the space and get to know the family. And it's just, it's just brilliant. Like it, it, it does such a good job of setting up. It, it's that mix I'm talking about between women and horror movie. I want atmosphere that makes me always feel uneasy. And then I want to be scared at moments. Like you want to mix jump scares and an atmosphere. And this movie does it very, very well. So let's talk about the devil made me do it. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of feelings. Yes, me too. So go ahead. Kick, so, kick things off. Definitely one of my most anticipated movies. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, big Conjuring fan. Also, there's been no movies. So <laughs> um. yeah, yeah. yeah, this is like, this is the first time really in a long time that we are talking about a new release film. That's not like we're catching up for the Oscars or Tyler Vance is making us watch this weird movie out of a hat. Like it's, it's a new release, Taylor, that you and I yeah, can talk about. It's a bona fide like new release. Yeah, just came out a couple of weeks ago. Like, it's great. <laughs> and I wanted to love this movie so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, fantastic premise based on a true story. And, if yeah. you know, if fans haven't read the true story, go and do it. Because it's wild, right? It's the first time in the United States that they tried to use the defense that he was possessed, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so this Arnie guy really truly did stab to death 
his landlord and then he claimed he was possessed right um Mm. and that that is just so fascinating right just from like a true crime point of view so you know with a premise like that how do you screw it up and they did (laughs) yeah well this is this is how you screw it up you get the director from from the The worst worst movie. movie in the conjuring universe and you you hand it to that person that's number one. And then I think the second thing you do is James Wan like developed the story, but didn't write the script. Yeah. So that's yeah. number two. So James Wan was like, okay, here's the idea. Here's what, and you can see the bones, right? Mm-hmm. You can see the bones of like, oh, all of this like for sure would be cool. But it reminds me of the last season of Game of Thrones. On paper, everything is great. I'm on board for everything. Just so poorly executed that it's just like, what are you doing? Like, and that, well, that's how they do it, Taylor. They, <laughs> that's how they... <laughs> they diverted too far from the source material, in mm-hmm. my opinion. So like if they had just stuck, there's a lot of there's a lot of things, right? There's aspects of the movie that I loved. Like the scene yes. where Arnie is walking down the street after he's murdered the landlord mm-hmm. and he's all jack you know you can see he's possessed and the police officer is like oh hey dude what's going on and then arnie's like i think i've hurt someone and it pans and he's covered in blood Mm -hmm. why was that not the cold open to the movie yeah i don't know why they decided to start by basically showing us what you could have seen through a flashback or things later like i'm i don't know i think the only thing i could think of is that they were really they wanted to put Ed in a situation where he was in danger the whole movie. Right. Because because the... he gets hurt at the beginning, right? Like, he, I think the idea of, like, we want to hospitalize him. We want to show him that he's weak. We want to show that he's kind of – because that, that means Lorraine has to really – take up a lot of slack throughout the movie and she's already fragile and yeah which 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 again is a is an aspect on paper i'm like awesome you've put our characters in a situation where they're weaker you've You've up the the stakes so yeah i agree with you i felt like it was edited poorly (laughs) like things were really out of place as the way i even would have done it um but i but the thing the thing is taylor is like i i loved aspects of the movie and then hated aspects of the movie i wasn't really middle ground on anything i either was like this is great or what are you doing like it was so ends of the spectrum for me and like i was certainly like riveted like i was you know i was engaged in the movie but i was never scared and i think you had you know you had brought it up saying (laughs) once the possession moves to the adult it becomes more of a thriller well it didn't even really feel like a thriller like it's kind of i don't know it yeah i just yeah i just i i don't know there's just things that i would have done so differently so the end of the the credits you hear the Mm -hmm. actual recording of the alleged possession of the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I forget the little boy's name. And I thought that is 100% the scariest thing like ever <laughs> to listen to that. And why did they not just reenact that? You know what I mean? Like there were like the, I would have cold opened with Arnie walking down the street. Yes, all ja- all jacked up. Yeah. Then I would have jumped to the courtroom 
And I would have used the courtroom as a framing device for the movie. Yes. And then which the... they didn't do at all. They no. like they completely dumped the courtroom thing, which sorry to jump in, Taylor, but you're hitting a point that I I want to talk about. This movie should have been framed through the court, but it wasn't. It wasn't framed through a trial where you can jump because that would have been easy to jump back, bring witnesses, because you bring witnesses up. It's kind of like what Emily Rose did. Yeah. Um, you read it, the transcripts of exactly. interviews and then and then while Perfect. they're reading, you like, yeah, like like the framework is there. That's what's so angry is like this director. I'm. I don't. I. I hate to like to to you know go after anyone personally, but it's professionally. Michael Chavez must just be a terrible director because the framework is already there. It exists. You already have this great story. You kind of have a framework where to go, and you have other movies who've done it so well. Why wouldn't you do exactly what you described? use the courtroom as a framework to flash back to all these things and to go back to the courtroom as sort of like a place to ground you. You ground in the courtroom, you give that false sense of feeling safe. And that's what makes Emily Rose so scary is you go from moments of fear flashback to moments of safety and you as an audience start to get trained. But by the second or third time you flash back, you immediately start sweating. Because you know like, oh something scary is going to happen. Yeah, I know like, I'm going to get scared again. Like, yeah, <laughs> It could have been in the courtroom. They played the real life tape of the kid being mm-hmm. possessed. And yeah. then, you know, it circles back to you seeing the kid being possessed. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> ah, <laughs> it's so simple, right? It's, it's, yeah, so, it's so, so aggravating. And then yeah. the whole, like, fans of the show know I love a good cult. I love a good Satanist cult in terms of film. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great device i think the satanic panic of the 80s is just absolutely fascinating um so you know i i think they could have gone there but the Mm -hmm. fact that they made it one lady dressed really weird i don't know why they made her look like that like i think it would have been better if it was like a group of satanists that look like normal people in the 1980s that's scarier right like that's that's rosemary's baby the fact that Mm -hmm. people in the apartment are satanists and that rosemary can't even trust her own neighbors so yeah i didn't like how it started getting like too again like it it i know like for some people they all say like well taylor horror is not grounded in reality because ghosts aren't real well like suspension of disbelief we're operating in a universe where ghosts Mm -hmm. are real right and possession is real but i thought it veered way off the magic felt fake you know the fact that this woman was using the satanist rituals like it didn't feel grounded in reality um Mm -hmm. And so I hated that. I thought, you know, the whole, they never explained how she targeted that family. Yeah. And I, the thing is, is that I I have mixed feelings on all of that because in a different movie with, it could still be the Warrens, in a different movie, the moment where, I guess, light spoilers, but whatever, we're just spoiling it. The moment where the the kind of cult lady uh, shows that she can see Lorraine when she's doing her like witch biz, you know, yeah, when she's like <laughs> when she's like figuring that when when she uses her abilities, that moment could be frightening and scary and really unnerving because you've seen this character use these powers time and time and time again, and she basically goes back into into you know moments and kind of takes part in it but no one can see that it's her but this this cult lady can 
turn around and look at her. And that could be frightening in a different movie. And if you make it all about your, your, you know, basically tracking down a serial killer who's a cult lady, like if that's a separate movie, I actually could get on board for that. But I just felt it wasn't executed well in, in this movie. And I wanted to get more to the court case and reliving what happened back and forth as opposed to veering off into other directions like yes you can have ed and lorraine go off and they gotta they gotta find this mystery and and that's i actually kind of liked that aspect of this movie i was entertained by we have to go here and figure this out and that leaves us to a clue to go over here and like i liked those moments um but i just felt overall that it didn't focus where i thought it was going to where i wanted it to and i don't know why they chose to do the movie this yeah i just there are things like there's certain um I liked when Arnie was like in the, the throes of possession and then the lighting went all red like over top of the the mm-hmm. his landlord. Um I loved that and I loved how at certain times the the person who's being possessed thought they saw this guy with long hair and because it gave me very much like bob vibes from uh, twin peaks mm-hmm. and i loved that but then they they stopped showing that guy you yeah. know what i mean do you remember, like <laughs> yeah i do remember and that's that's I, honestly i think the answer that's called poor direction yeah like because that's not that you're not taking care to to make everything fit and you're you're taking a concept and you're not using it so yeah I and I thought, oh, wow, how fascinating. And then for it to fi- you find out it's one random lady who's orchestrating this. I'm like, well, what's what's the Bob lookalike mm-hmm. doing? I don't know. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I just, oh, so bad I wanted to like it. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I will, again, I, I I will say that I'm, I'm middle ground in terms of my feelings overall in the movie, even though I said there's some things I, I just loved and other things I hated. I, I still would say I was overall relatively entertained. I think a lot of that has to do with they've done enough to build up the universe that I like the characters enough yeah. that it, they kind of went on a, a journey. This was kind of like an episode of television that I would skip on my rewatch. But it doesn't mean that I, you know, if it was on, I would turn it off. It's still my favorite it was, TV show. It was it's fun. just not a great episode. It was still fun to tag along. Tag <laughs> yes, along with Lorraine yeah. and Ed and see what they've been up to recently. It's just uh, a shame because I agree with what you're saying, Taylor. Like, this was probably one of the more interesting stories they could tell. Like, I mean, they got that whole room full of stuff. And there's a lot of things I'd, I'd love to hear more about. But this was one I was really looking forward to just because... I thought maybe it was too obvious, but it still would have been good. The obvious thing to do is to frame it through the court case yeah, and, and make it that. But they it, didn't do it. Especially because in real life, um, the family has gone on record. Well, like the the boy who's been possessed and a brother has said that, you know, I was never possessed. The Warrens made it up, yada, yada, mm. yada. But then Arnie and his wife. So in real life you know, Arnie gets married to the sister and that's true. They're still Mm -hmm. married to this day. So again, absolutely fascinating. And so they maintain that, no, like I was possessed. Like my brother, the brother was possessed and that's how I got possessed. But of course they're going to maintain that story because that's what, (laughs) you know, 
he murdered someone. <laughs> so like, yeah, so like how <laughs> fascinating to use that as a framing device being like, you don't know whether or not it, well, in this universe, like we accept that possession is possible, but like wh- how interesting if that was one of the questions the film asked, right? Yes. Like if, it, if the film was more bold, and there was a little bit more courage behind the camera. You could have asked those questions and even done my favorite thing, which is leave it kind of ambiguous. Yep. You know, and and that you could have done that. You could have had the film ask the question. Ed Lorraine could have even at the end still been in a place that being like, we... We don't know. We, we believe it was, but we don't know for sure. We think so, but we're not sure. Like that, that again would be a bold choice, but I just... For, they just seem to try to make a very safe movie, yeah. And I think that it comes off it comes off pretty weak. Agreed. For me, like I agree, Mike. It was still, you know, it was a fun experience. It's a Conjuring movie. You're gonna get Ed and Lorraine, and there's they're great. So for me, it's a stream it. Yeah, I'm giving it a stream it too. And my feeling on that is simply, you don't have to rush out to see it. You don't have to rush out. To, to buy it on your streaming Don't pay platform. the $25. No, just wait. Because is it as good as the other ones? No. Is it the worst movie of, of all the Conjuring universe? I don't think so. But I think it's like, meh. I think it's just like I described. This cinematic universes like Marvel and, and The Conjuring are like a long television show. And each movie is like just a big episode of television. This is just not the best episode. This is just an okay episode, which every series has... And yeah, I would just give it a stream it and say, don't rush to watch it and just stream it one time. There you go. You'll have a little bit of fun. Hopefully the next one is is a bit better. Agreed. So let's get to some fan questions that are about this um, to kind of kind of expand. So we'll, as we were just talking about this, we'll, we'll do this first question here. This is from Josh, um, who says, uh, where does the, where does this Conjuring movie rank? in your overall Conjuring Universe rankings. That's from Josh, the Inquisitor. So where would you rank this, Taylor? Like, what would you say, which movies would you say this one's better than, not quite as good? Because to, to me, I, I still don't think it's as, as worse as La Llorona. Yeah, like that one yeah. was... That's me, bottom that's of still, the barrel. That's Yeah, that's, that's like... Worst. I would never watch it again. <laughs> like, it's just, that's how bad it is. And then above that is the first Annabelle movie. Like, the first yeah. Annabelle movie is, yes. like, second worst. And then, quite frankly, like, I would consider this, this one. the third the third worst. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would say, yeah, I would say this one and the first Annabelle movie would be similar. I think they both have some rewatchability, but, like, you could skip them and, and not miss out anything. I think, I think you and I are in agreement. The first two Conjuring movies, The Nun, Annabelle Comes Home, even like I think Annabelle Creation is still middle-ish for me, but I would I'd still put them in that upper category. Yeah. Of like those those like five movies are up there, and then these three, these two are here, and Laharon is not even worth doesn't even count pronouncing <laughs> properly. No, it's not even worth saying. Um, so th- this movie and yeah, the first Annabelle movie are kind of like uh, if you're forced to watch it, there's some things you can get out of it that you'll like. Agreed. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. You know, we'll we'll leave Akil's for last because it's kind of like a bigger thing. Um, so Lacey 
wants to know. Uh, Lacey says, now I can ask my devil made me do it specific question. Um, now this is about the ending, so I'm not sure if it'll make it on air or not. Do you think that the sentence at the end of the movie means that the court in the United States recognized this as a case of demonic possession? Um, so we could talk about the movie because it's also like history. We've done a bunch of spoilers already this episode. That's true. Well. Never mind. But does I don't remember. Like, yeah. does she mean like, so like the sense what he got, I, like in terms of like the jail, yeah, because jail time? He, well, I, it's because he, he wasn't, he didn't get murder, right? He got manslaughter. So instead yeah. of, they didn't charge him with murder, they charged him with manslaughter. So I just, I looked it up to be sure and to double check like the meaning of everything. But like manslaughter is, it basically is. An accident. Is an kind of, but without malice. Yes. So an accident or without malice or without forethought or without like, so <laughs> to me that, that is a little, <laughs> that is a little on, on the ground. So, so, I mean, you could say it's an accident or you didn't mean to for a variety of reasons, like anything could be brought into play, but it definitely left the door open a little bit. In real life, they wouldn't let him use that as a defense. Yeah. So th th this is the movie specific, right. which kind of went this more this direction i think um, yeah in terms of this universe and in the movie um it is sort of the court being like yeah he murdered someone but he wasn't totally responsible yeah which and, is kind of like and because <laughs> the defense ground, because yeah. the defense was hey i didn't i'm not responsible because of demon possession the fact that the court says I think, yeah, that's the core to accepting that yeah. yep, he yeah. was possessed. Now, in reality, Lacey, I don't think that would hold up. Like, yeah, in <laughs> like real, I don't think in real <laughs> life, the, the sentence was similar. Like, he was accused of manslaughter, but yes. they ended up, um, they wanted to use uh, possession, and the court was like, uh, and no. <laughs> and so he, I think they ended up pleading it was self-defense. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's, that's why they, yeah, that's why Which that, yeah. I think, yeah, that, that would fit. Um, it's interesting though. It's interesting because that line that we talked about that's in this movie about the, like, if, if you accept every time you, you hold up the Bible and swear on the Bible, you're accepting the existence of God. You, you know, it's time to accept the existence of demons. It is interesting that the court would be like, no, you can't use that as a defense. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying it is an interesting point. It's a double about. standard, right? It is a double standard. Like it, it doesn't quite and fit. <laughs> in real life, it was Arnie's lawyer who said that oh, okay. and like tried to use that. Like, that's why, um, you know, they're like, Oh, you have to whatever, except that the devil's real because we swear to God. Um, I don't know. See, like the, that's fascinating. It the is. whole case is so fascinating. And similar, I've never watched the Anna, uh, um, the other Emily movie, Rose. Aunt Emily Rose. I've never watched Emily yeah. Rose because it looks too scary, to be honest. Oh, Taylor, you'd love it. It is scary. It's one of the scariest horror movies I've seen, but it you'd love it. You but how, how absolutely fascinating that, you know, because this is based, it's, is Emily Rose, it's based on a true story about the lady That's in correct. Germany, right? The lady that in Germany correct. and how, yeah. so... She died during these exorcisms and her she family did, yeah. and the priests were like, well, we're not liable because mm -hmm. uh, she the, was possessed. Yeah. And so and, and the, this that movie does the court case. Yeah. Thing. The court is the framework. Taylor, this Halloween, 
we've got to get you to watch Emily Rose and we'll review it yeah. on the show. We'll yeah. do that. Because, like, how – that's what's so disappointing about The Devil Made Me Do It because, again, it's just such a fascinating story. Like, whether or not you believe in ghosts, if you're a true crime buff, how can mm-hmm. you not find that interesting? And they just mm-hmm. totally uh, drop the ball. Yeah. In their storytelling. They really did. Yeah. And and that's the thing. You know, Lacey brings up a question and here we are talking about it for 10 minutes and it's like a fascinating topic. And I don't understand how you can't turn that into a movie. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand how they drop the ball this much. I would really not hire that director again. No, I don't know why they trusted him with this one. I think like the problem, again, we talked about this during the first Conjuring, like the part one of our Conjuring episode. Um, when movies make money, everything fall like flies out the window, right? Like, yeah, and, and that, I'm sure it was. He's already in the universe, and he's a cheaper option. Yeah, and you know, like, his his movie, even though it got bad reviews, it made a lot of money. And you know, frankly, I mean, I I think that most people agree with us that that it wasn't a particularly good movie. No. But I think that they, I think that they look, they do exactly what you just said. They look at the bottom line. And they said, well, we know we can get this director for a small amount of money. His last film grossed a lot of money. So let's use this director. Because he he wouldn't, like, just because he hasn't done as much, he's not going to cost you as much as a James Wan does or, or anyone else um, that you bring in that has you know, more under their belt. So I think that um, it also could be a two-picture deal. I sometimes forget about that. Like, when you sign a director, sometimes you sign them to multi picture deals and it could have been like we're signing you know when he did the other movie they could have been like okay we're we're gonna sign you to two and we're gonna sign you another one later so ay 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 um okay so last question comes from akil i kept this last because this is a follow-up akil wrote in about there potentially being some controversy around the conjuring the devil made me do it um, from a religion standpoint. So he does clear it up a little bit. So he says, um, yes, I was referring to some things I've heard about the devil made me do it, but also the conjuring in general. I'll admit most of what I've heard has come off the internet. So take that as a grain of salt, I guess. But I have heard from some people at my own church that they find it in a very insulting movie franchise towards the Catholic faith. I think I'm the biggest movie buff that I personally know. And I honestly never felt anything was remotely offensive in these films. So I just wanted to know if either of you had heard anything or any of these things and or your own thoughts on how religion is handled in the Conjuring universe as well as the devil made me do it. So I guess he's heard a couple of things from the internet. If anything, I would feel like this movie is like pro-Christianity and that would upset people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's saying that people at his church think it's like uh, painting the church in the bad light. If anything, I think that... Well, that's, that's the, the thing. I, that's I the don't com- think so. That's what his comment says, <laughs> yeah. right? That like, there's people he knows, and maybe he's read some things online that it's painting the church in a negative light. But honestly, like, I would think that it would be getting the opposite critique. That it's like too. too Christian. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure tr- because I'm trying to think. I'm trying to really think. Is is there ever really been? Um, because they get they always have the priest around, right? Like they they've got that one priest that they know. Who who yeah, is in Father this movie and Gordon or something? Yeah. So I but aside from him, I don't. Is it and like, like and something else? They're it? always like 
the church is always doing its due diligence saying like you know we need the test to show that it's you know like there's like rules like they're yeah not- if anything they come off really good in the movies <laughs> like they, they they come off like they're they've got everything in order and they're not jumping to any conclusions yeah like you have just- to prove to us that it's a real possession and not like mental illness whatever um you know in the newest movie there is like a bat like quote unquote bad priest but even that they don't like he's not evil he's not like a caricature of like an evil priest the, yeah because even even in the nun like it, it takes place in a nunnery you know, in a nunnery but like the 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 nun is an evil spirit but like none of the other people are like horrible people and, like, they're just there <laughs> lorraine and ed are always saying like don't mess with this stuff this stuff is bad like don't do witchcraft. So again, like, mm-hmm. if anything, I'm like, I don't know, like, it kind of has a good message for kids. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't mess uh, around Ake- with Ouija boards. <laughs> Akil, I think we're both on your end of this, where we don't see anything either. So I, I don't know like, what a, your, your friends are thinking. I'm a practicing <laughs> Catholic. Mike went to Catholic school. Like, <laughs> I don't I know. never even thought of it. I honestly never even thought of it. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not the most religious person, but I went to Catholic school, like you said, Taylor, and, like, I never even thought of it until Akil brought it up. Like, I, I didn't even, like, think of it. Even in the positive light, like, Taylor, you're saying things that I'm kind of having, like, a eyes open moment. Being like, yeah, like, they, they actually come off really good in the movie. And I never even thought of it because I, I guess my focus was so much on Ed and Lorraine and kind of, like, their, them going. I never even thought of, like, they are kind of framed as the church is sending them in to figure out this and doing their yeah, get proof, and, get evidence. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And um, huh. I would like, I think like with, um, there's always going to be people who think like lots of things are in bad taste. You know what I mean? Like whether mm-hmm. you're religious mm-hmm. or not, but like I know like there's conservative church people who would say like you shouldn't go see Harry Potter, for instance. Like Harry Potter is satanists or whatever so like i could see (laughs) maybe people like there are those people that exist right in the world so i could see maybe some people being like oh you shouldn't see these movies because it like celebrates satanism or you're like you see witches and stuff but like i don't know i still feel like though these movies say like those things are bad you know what i mean (laughs) like it's yeah, like, like, it comes yeah. down pretty hard that like this stuff yeah. isn't cool like yeah. this stuff is gonna like if you get possessed like you're in trouble so like i really don't i don't know like i don't yeah, and like I i've seen know. this movie one of my best friends is also uh goes to church and like she's never like she enjoys these movies like she you know she texted me last week saying oh i'm watching the devil made me do it so like yeah. i don't know i just i just haven't read those articles i guess yeah. i i do agree though taylor like there's always going to be some people who who can can just feel you shouldn't even talk about certain content like again like when when dealing with certain types of content on film i can understand there's a challenge to that but i've just personally felt like these movies have handled it very well and I personally am not the type of person who generally finds that any type of content is off the table in a movie. Like there's certain things I would never do or say in real life that I'm okay seeing in a movie because it's not real. And I usually it's done for a reason or you're show, you want to show something accurately. So I'm, I'm personally less likely to notice those types of things. Even like, again, like I think you and I have talked about the, 
one of our maybe the best musical uh, movie is Jesus Christ Superstar, which is super religious and I'm not a religious person yet I can enjoy the film. So again, I think it's just, but you know, Mike do it well. People even came out with Jesus Christ Superstar. They said, oh, it's it's too Christian or it's not Christian (laughs) enough. It's not Christian enough. It misrepresents the Bible. It's bad against Jewish people. So like, that's another movie where, you know, I think people are going to say, oh, it's too much this or not enough that or that's offensive or whatever. Like, yeah. you're always going to have people who have you're opinions. Have it. you're, you it's very true. You can't make everyone happy. Um, personally, like, I don't think it portrays, like, in my own personal experience, I don't think it portrays the church in a bad light. If anything, I'm surprised people aren't critiquing, like, saying it's too Christian. That's what's surprising. Yeah, that's what's surprising <laughs> yeah. to me. You know, again, yeah. like, you're seeing this, like, Ed and Lorraine, like a heteronormative, healthy couple who represent the church. Like, I'm surprised more people aren't coming out against that. But yeah, actually, when you frame it that way, I would imagine that 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 would have been the criticism. But I, yeah, I am a little surprised that that it would it would go the other way too. It's it is just odd. I haven't read the articles either, so maybe I, I might do some some research just to kind of close this and, and find those because I mean I obviously can't speak to the people who've spoken to Akil like personally but I'll, I'll try to read up on what people say but it is interesting that on both sides of a social situation or um, a political issue or a social issue you can have people saying like opposites like you can have two two people on on different sides of an issue one person saying oh the the third conjuring movie or the conjuring franchise is really bad for the, for the church and others saying, oh, it's too pro church. Like, and you can have both people saying that. It's I mean, kind of, Mike, we have people writing so the the show about that, right? Saying that's true. Some people think I'm too conservative, and then yeah, you're people, a great example. Yeah, other people think I'm too liberal, yeah. and so like, you can't be both. You can't be no. both. But I guess in, in <laughs> someone's interpretation, two people are just interpreting it differently. So that is very interesting. well. You know, everyone, I. I think everyone interprets people don't interpret what's in front of them. They're interpreting how they feel about that thing in front of them. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're one. That's great. I love that. We come to everything with our own lens. So in reality, like, you know, people aren't critiquing what I'm saying. They're critiquing how they're reacting to what I'm saying based on their own experiences. So. Which, which which is scary because it means you can never learn, <laughs> never grow. <laughs> because if you only approach a situation by way of how you already feel about it, then you're never going to learn or grow. But that's hu- that's but, just human. Humans. I know it is. I know that's that's. <laughs> Akil, you sent us down a rabbit hole of <laughs> so many things. Before the episode ends, though, um, I I do want to bring up something, Taylor, because Josh and I were texting about something, and I think you'd be okay if I bring this up because there's some really interesting things here. Um, that, that I wanted to bring up and get your opinion on. Um, so first of all, one of the things he said was, according to his research, this is unconfirmed, but according to his research, the French-Canadian guy from The Nun is the same guy in the intro to The Conjuring because he, that character and or actor is going to be in The Nun too. Okay, like that's, that's like, the, okay, that's, that's what, what I... And so like, you were correct in that. It was too much of a coincidence that they had a French Canadian with the same name, like in yes. both. Yeah. yeah, and it, and it's interesting because 
again, this is just from what Josh has heard. It's interesting because that is that is too much of a coincidence, and you kind of brought this up. And there's another coincidence that he's <gasps> brought up. Now, I don't know how I feel about this, Taylor, and I don't know if this is too spoilery. I don't know, because I don't know if this is true, but this is just a theory, and I think Josh will be okay with me sharing this. So, talk about coincidences. So, the nun, the, the young nun yeah. in the nun movie, is the younger sister of the actor who plays Lorraine. And he thinks that there's a connection between between Lorraine um, and the young nun. Now, I can't remember her name offhand, but his thing is that he actually thinks they're the same person. Irene, that's the name of the young. He thinks they're the same person, or there's some sort of connection between those two. Because why would you cast the younger sister okay, and they look so much alike? That's her niece. Oh, her niece. Okay, yeah. sorry. I thought I thought they were. They are related, I but they're their niece and aunt. Uh, wait. But IMDb is saying younger sister. Oh, well, I don't. Even though they're twenty-one years apart, but I'm it's her younger sister. I'm pretty sure it's her aunt. But anyways, they're related. Okay, anywho, so they're why, related. Why would they, they do pass? look a lot alike? <laughs> yeah. So well, why would they? Like, why? And that's his point. And sometimes, you know, you know, she's so established that maybe it's like, hey, give my niece and/or sister a a help a hand here and cast her in this. But Taylor, they do look a lot alike, and I did not know they were related until Josh pointed this out. Because the whole time I was watching the nun, I'm like, she looks so familiar, and I don't know. I would where have I've to. I would have to look at and, the timelines. What year does the nun does the nun come out? Uh, I, I don't know what year the nun takes place. It look, I mean, to me, it so looks like think, it's, it's a long time. Do but, you think you know. Lorraine would have changed her name? I, I See, that's the thing. I don't know. But I have no idea. Is, but it's, it is a weird coincidence. There's also a connection because that nunnery or that, like, that convent, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I would have to, like, go back, you know, read up but i'm pretty sure the connect there's a connection between annabelle and that convent because there's a hungarian nun or like a wherever that convent's from there's an eastern european nun in one of the annabelle movies who like flees she like creation i think yeah, yeah she like has a dark past and so i think that's the so like Annabelle is connected to the nun, which is connected to Lorraine. So already there's a connection. Yeah, that's really cool. See, this is what's this is what this universe has done well. It's made these connections in a way that you can now explore and do things with. Um, yeah, that that's really cool. I just it was I just thought it was a very interesting point that Josh brought up that that is a very interesting casting decision. It could just be a coincidence, but it just seems strange that that you would do that. But I would what I was saying about double checking timelines because we got a flashback um to Lorraine and Ed in like the 1940s when they first met. Mm-hmm. So if they had already met in the 1940s or like 1950s, like you can tell it's like kind of like post like World yeah. War 2. So I when think- does the nun take place cuz then, you know, she would have had to have come to America stopping a nun met ed you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so that would be my only yeah that's the only thing that makes true. me think oh they're not the same person be- because the flashbacks we get of the kind of the french canadian guy they are she's already an adult so yeah. you you already kind of like the timelines would be very tight i mean i guess it's still possible 
But it is an interesting theory. And and I, I do agree that it is a bit strange that you would, ca- in some ways, the, these these two women are related somehow, whether they're, they're sisters or whatever. It doesn't matter. They're related and they do look very similar. Like now that he said that and now that I look and they, I mean, they do have the last, same last name. I, I just... I now have discovered where I know her from. It's because she looks like they look so much alike. So it was just, it was a weird moment of like that glass shattering or aha moment of that's it. That's why I recognize her. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that theory in there. I love it. I mean, we could talk about this so much because it's, you know, it's the conjuring universe and it's, it's amazing. Um, but we are at the end of this episode. I, I hope you enjoyed our, our kind of two-parter talking about the conjuring. I'm sure Taylor, we're going to come back to this whenever the, the nun two comes oh, out. I can't wait. The crooked man or whatever, whatever's next. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Cause each one adds a new layer, right? Except for La oh, Lorana, yeah. which. Yeah. Which does, didn't add anything. and didn't contribute in any way. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just the weird cousin that's at the family event that you're like, Oh yes, you you're related to us. <laughs> but uh, thanks everyone again for, for listening. Go stream some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.